Hello everyone, welcome to BT Talks episode 12. Today I have the pleasure of welcoming a super real estate broker and entrepreneur Ian Hurdle, who is the founder of the agency in Turks and Caicos uh, and also the Caribbean region. He should be joining us in a few seconds or a minute, so please bear with me. Thank you to everyone who is joining. I see quite a few people, some people that are local from Miami and South Florida, other people that are on the East Coast, Miami, Boston. We have my friend Francesco Panella live from Rome. Here he is. Ian is going to join. I see Sam who's here, who's always tuning in my BT Talks. Thanks, Sam. Bonjour, Sam. All right, here he is. Hey, Ben. Hello. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Very well. Are you, are you in a zone where you have Wi-Fi or no? I am in JHS. Perfect. So that way, yeah. Uh, that way the Instagram Live won't drop because if we don't have the uh, Wi-Fi, then we might, uh, we might drop, but we're good. So no, Ian, I, I can hear you perfectly. You look great. So uh, hopefully you'll appreciate the view that I'm sharing <laughs> with you this morning. This is beautiful. And I, I think, you know, after our talk, you can show us around the view and where you're at. But... Uh, uh, sure. can, you, you can hear me well, right? Can, I can hear you just fine, yep. Can, can everybody hear both of us? Sam, can you tell us uh, if you can hear both of us? I think we're good. But, uh, uh, we, we always have to check on the sound because sometimes there's a few issues, yeah. but that's part of it. So, no so I guess every, everyone can hear us. So Ian, thank you so much for joining my uh, BT Talks. This is something I've been doing for the past few weeks, we're now episode 12. I'm enjoying a lot doing it, uh, having conversations with some fantastic people, not yeah. only in real estate, but uh, entrepreneurs in different fields, not only Miami. See, so you're in the Caribbean. I have yeah. a few guests that were in London, some in San Francisco. Uh, so it's pretty much uh, a lot of great people uh, all around the world that are doing great things. And great. today, we have the pleasure of having you. So honor to, to be included in that group. I'm not sure I'm worthy, but I'll give it my best shot. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So, so Ian, just to start the conversation, it would be great for the people who don't know you or don't know about what you do and the Caribbean and Turks and Caicos more specifically, can just give a brief introduction of who you are, what you do and how you came to Turks and Caicos and, and the Caribbean. Wow, that's a really long story. So basically, I moved to Providenciales, which is the main tourism island in Turks and Caicos in 1998. And I had wow. been living in Grand Cayman from 1993 before that. So an awful long time in the Caribbean. I actually followed my parents from the UK when I was 19 years of age to basically act as my father's laborer to build spec homes for him. So our plan had been as a father and son team to, to build homes in a place that we'd never been before. And obviously, there's a thousand stories I could share of those experiences. 
but basically through 1993 until I diversified into landscaping and property management in 2002, we were a double act building spec homes in the Caribbean. So full time with the landscape company through to the recession in 2008. And obviously then the world went pear shaped and drifted back into property management and especially luxury property management around 2010, 2011. And at that point, it was kind of obvious that I was referring all of these rental guests to the local realtors and they were cleaning up with the money and I wasn't making a thing. So I decided to rectify that pretty quickly. I spent five years learning my trade with Christie's International Real Estate. And being that I'm a belonger in the Turks and Caicos, my wife is from here, my kids were born here, I had the wow. opportunity to um, start my own brokerage. So around 2015, 2016, of course, then the challenge becomes what is the brand that I can bring to this little rock in the middle of nowhere that's going to upset the apple cart. And of course, Sotheby's still are a powerhouse here, are a powerhouse throughout the Caribbean. Um, had lots of conversations with Douglas Elliman and Knight Frank. And then a friend of mine uh, referred me to the agency and million dollar listing. And long story short, I ended up on very short notice just taking a wild card flight over to LA. Had never been to Beverly Hills before and got the opportunity to basically sit in front of Mauricio Amansky, Billy Rose, and Santiago Arana as probably the top three <laughs> realtors in that area and said, I want to do this on my little island and I want to grow it across the Caribbean. And after about eight to 10 minutes of me waffling on, they told me to shut up and where did they sign? And I'm still not sure how that happened, but uh, I'm obviously happy three and a half that, years later that they did say yes. That is a beautiful story. I, I know all three of them. I've met them in uh, the time I lived in Los Angeles. And you know, before I got into real estate, uh, I was always very much interested in real estate, architecture, design. I was kind of looking at the different agencies, what they were doing. And I have to say the agency, they, they are a, a true example of the modern boutique uh, real estate you know, agency. I think they're doing a lot of great things. So I think, and also the fact that, you know, you started to develop the brand in the Caribbean, they gave you a chance for that. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, no, the trust that they placed on my shoulders is huge. And obviously I'm blessed with great partners here as well that are helping me establish that. Um, but yes, I mean, you know, respectfully to what had been before, I was obviously seeking something different. Um, not to say that, that the real estate brokerages here were lazy by any means, but the processes of fighting over a listing, putting some pictures in a magazine and hoping some tourists would turn up at some point and call them was really frustrating to me when I could see what was happening with social media, digital technology, etc., etc. And I wanted a brand that was really going to gravitate towards that um and, and help me sort of bring something different to the table and obviously as you know the agency is perfect for that i think uh, how many brokerages did they open in the us i think they opened quite a few in the past few years so basically uh, the story goes i was their first franchise outside of beverly hills and since they opened up with me in 2016 october of that year i think they're up to 40 offices now so they have grown yeah. very, very yeah. quickly, but it's always been on the basis of right person, right time, and what is the opportunity, and as you know, follow the luxury money. Follow the luxury money. They have, a, I think, a very family-oriented uh, you know, mentality within the agencies, and they have a very good rule, which you know, which you can say. <laughs> One rule. Oh, the culture is completely right. different to anything <laughs> I've experienced in any business environment. They really are a family, uh, that's true. Um, down-to-earth people, hustlers, grinders, party when the timing's right, you know, just really, really good people, and I, I, I'm honored to be a part of it. So, so 
Oh, so you started the agency in Turks and Caicos, and I believe in the Caribbean region, or so, yes. just yeah, yeah. So basically, our, our our goal at the moment, my partner Sean and I, is we, we hold the franchise here with another partner, um, and that was obviously the goal was to establish ourselves here as a hub and prove that you know the brand would resonate, that the we would we could attract the big listings, we could sell the big listings, which is obviously a good part of it as well. And then obviously, where do we branch to? How do we create a spine across the Caribbean where we can have other interconnected offices or interconnected partnerships that can help? Um, because really the goal is, uh, you know, from the US out, we, we've, the Caribbean has been seen for many, many years as the wild, wild west of real estate investment, you know, title searches, you know, who owns what, et cetera, et cetera. Can we trust the lawyer that we're working with? Can we trust the realtor that we're working with to tell us the truth? And obviously, part of my mission here is to obviously establish that we are professional, that we are driven, that we are hungry, that we are going to market, we are going to take care of your customers, Benjamin, if you send them down, look after them properly, show them the right property, give them the correct information, and make sure that their investment or vacation rental is seamless. So, you know, I've been following you on social media for quite a while. We connected through social media. You connected me with Mary in Miami at the agency, and she's fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she tuned in or she'll tune in later or, or watch it later. But overall, you know, you were you're, I think this is something we can discuss, you know, and it doesn't matter whatever agency we're in. I think today the, the real estate landscape is changing a lot. Uh, social media and technology and relationships and partnerships and collaborations. And I think the ones, you know, like you and me and Mary and, and, and a few other people that I know that with whom I'm working, you know, it doesn't matter the agency. It matters about what you can do, what you can deliver, professional service, finding the right partners, and being, you know, knowledgeable, obviously. But I think there's no, there's no rules. You know, today there's no rules to, to develop your business. Uh, well, I think that's how you and I first connected on social media, is I put the tagline out of collaboration is the name of the game, people. It doesn't I matter who it. you are, where you're that's from, wherever you're a realtor. You know, if, if you've got a customer and you want somebody professional to take care of or vice versa, you know, that network is so important because service should still be the primary factor in this industry. Exactly. And I think in the US, uh, number one, and then obviously potentially with you, you know, in, in the Caribbean and that Europe, it's taking a while, but a little bit everywhere around the world, you know, there, there's a lot of changes in the industry and in business in general, where especially after this whole pandemic where people are a lot, you know, working from home or, you know, doing these different things. So people are online, people are actually, so home has become one of the most important things. They're looking for property and then they want to connect with people which who they vibe. I think that is the most important. I don't think, I mean, obviously it's, it's very cool and very nice if you're number one or if you sell $300 million or $1 billion, that's very good. Yeah, I think it's more like people are going to work with you, whether you're in Miami, in the Caribbean, in London, in New York, in the stop matter. They're going to work with people they like and they trust. So, you know, and they and some people, you know, connect with you. And you probably saw that through social media. Uh, some people, obviously, you met through you meet through events. Uh, but that right now is a little more difficult. Uh, yeah. Some people, obviously, it's through your 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 network. Um, but then you, you, you have people that really, I mean, for me, I have people that reached out to me uh, directly through social media that is turning out through business because they like the way I present myself, the things I'm doing, the properties I'm showing, you know, and then you build up trust with them. It's up to you to build up trust with them. 
Yeah, well, again, I mean, you know, our, our buyer demographic for the most part is North America. It's predominantly East Coast, US based. You know, even for the very, very wealthy, it's a big decision to make an investment in an area that you know nothing about. And obviously, you need to know that if you're working with somebody down there, that you can believe in them, that they point you in the right direction. And it's not just, here's the house, thank you very much, close the contract, there's my commission, bye bye. You know, this is a relationship that should last a lifetime because yeah. you want to make sure that beyond that investment that they've made, that they're adapting to the culture, they understand the politics, they know where to go to eat, they can bring their pets in. That's where you come in. That's where yeah. you come in. And you're not just doing a deal, you're showing them around and you're becoming a, not only, they're not only your clients, they're, they're becoming your lifelong friends, if I can say. I mean, that's the way yeah, I see well, that's, that's the way that we've positioned ourselves. Uh, you know, obviously we're calling ourselves real estate agents, but it really is, uh, I, I don't know if it's more so in the Caribbean, but you become an advisor, a trusted advisor. And, it, and it's not just the real estate component, it's decisions on which school, it's decisions on, I've bought the house, now should I invest some land? Or should I start a business? How do I incorporate that business? Which attorney should I speak to? So there is a lot more to it than just this house has four bedrooms and a pool and it's at this price point. About the Turks and Caicos uh, and Caribbean market, the people you see coming down there uh, pre-pandemic, but also after, is there, is there a lot of people, you know, looking for uh, main homes or second homes? Um, are they from the US, anywhere around the world? So I have actually since I mean, I was busy all the way through our lockdown, our borders reopened July 22nd. I have had a daily stream of customers flying into the island since our borders reopened, showing multiple properties on a daily basis. We have multiple transactions that we're negotiating right now. And to specifically answer your question, it is predominantly US based. Um, there seems to be and you could speak better to this than I can. Um, but there seems to be a, a real palatable fear in the U.S. at the moment. I'm dealing with families that just want a complete lifestyle transition, whether that's COVID and the pandemic, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whatever, whatever the issue is, there is this sudden need of I must escape the U.S. And we're seeing that on a daily basis down here. Across the U.S., I think where I, I am, um, you know, I'm still very lucky because there's a lot of people coming down to South Florida and Miami for many reasons. Yeah. To be able to stay in the U.S. Uh, and to have all the benefits, obviously the tax benefits and the lifestyle benefit and still be in the U.S. and, you know, two and a half, three hours away from New York or, you know, not too far from, you know, L.A. or Europe. So I think there's a big movement of people coming down to South Florida and Miami. And then yeah. there is a lot of people who can afford to do that and decide to make a big move and come to the Caribbean or, you know, to any other country. Some people are going to New Zealand, um, you know, Australia, New Zealand. So it really depends on the situation of people. Yeah, I think there's been a real, I mean, I'm seeing a paradigm shift, you know, up until January, February of this year, everything that I was selling down here in the luxury market was all geared towards return on investment. I'm gonna use this property four to six weeks a year can I expect a, a five to seven, eight percent return if I put it in a rental program with a trusted property manager? That was how we were being very successful up until the pandemic. Now, of course, none of us have a crystal ball. Um, travel has changed. Life has changed. We can no longer say, yes, you can expect to book your property, you know, 50 percent occupancy through the year. But we're still seeing the same level of traffic. And that and that traffic is geared towards a complete pandemic hideaway. I'm not seeing so much movement on condos. People don't want to be in condotels or hotels. 
They want to be in their villa on the beach, thinking that things might shut down again. And if they do shut down for three, six, nine months, they're looking out at beautiful waters, great views, uh, a relatively safe lifestyle, all the amenities that you would still expect, and a lot less pressure and, and less risk. When people come down there, when they buy a, a property, so it's mainly for them and their families, and they stay, what, three months, four months, a few months a year, and then they yeah. rent it out the rest of the year? Yeah, that's that's been the model that has been predominant. Uh, certainly in my nearly four years now with the agency, that's what we've been selling towards, and it's been working well for us. Um, but, but like I said, of course, as an agent, I can't possibly tell somebody in the current climate that if they buy this house for $4 million, that they can expect a $400,000 gross in a rental program over the next 12 months, because none of us know what's going to happen. It's just feasible and it's not fair to them. But the idea that they can have this pandemic hideaway and if things recover based on historic numbers, then they can transition back to the US and they can have that second home, third home rental investment property. That's really what we're positioning now. I mean, so I'm having a lot of people coming from the Northeast. Obviously, you know, if there's someone that is looking for the Caribbean, it'll be my first, you know, referral. I will refer them to you. Can you just tell us also, so people know about Turks and Caicos more specifically, living, living in Turks and Caicos full time? How is it, the activities, the people, the vibe? So just really to get an idea of how it is of island living and more specifically in Turks and Caicos. So obviously, having been in the Caribbean a very long time, I, I get island fever. So uh, I'm always desperate to do the journey back to the U.S. whenever possible. And of course, not being able to do that for many months now is starting to, uh, to drive me loopy. But no, of course, what you would expect from any small community, very tight knit, very friendly. We have fantastic restaurants. Obviously, the beaches are world class. As you know, Grace Bay Beach gets number one, number two, number three beach in the world every year, depending on which organization is touting such. Um, so incredible incredible products, incredible people, incredible restaurants. Shopping is coming, a little bit limited, obviously, because it's a small island, it's a tourist destination, but great schools, everything you could possibly want here to develop a really you know, good family life is here. And like I said, if it's not family life and it's purely investment, what a place to come, hour and 15 from Miami, three hours from New York, four hours from Toronto, you're freezing cold in the winter time, I need sun, you're there on your beach, four or five hours later. Yeah. That becomes not a tough sale. We're, we're lucky we're in, in beautiful places where we have overall, you know, great weather um, during, you know, most of the year and winter is coming. And I think that, you know, in the next two, three months, there's going to be a lot of people coming down where we are. Yeah, I mean, I've seen various reports, um, you know, that, that, that obviously a lot of our properties in the Caribbean are already booked for 2021 with U.S. visitors hoping that the vaccine is going to be available or just, you know, that things are going to be a lot safer, that travel is going to be a little bit more um, reasonable in terms of getting into these places. Restrictions are going to be lifted, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not, as somebody that lives on the ground in the Caribbean and obviously deals with a number of islands in the Caribbean, I'm not overly concerned about the future. Um, like I said, I'm seeing excellent traffic and activity right now. Um, a range of price points. I'm dealing with sales right now from $50,000 for a small land lot up to $15 million for a luxury villa property. It's all over the map in terms of what people are coming here to invest in. Um, but certainly the fact that there is that level of activity is exciting. It gives me confidence. And uh, I think things will only improve after what's obviously been a tough period.
So price-wise... To, to get a nice villa, what are you looking at? I mean, obviously for what's available, but... So you said you could get anything from a little piece of land for 50,000 all the way to 15 million? Yeah, so I, I mean, my, my listings range all over the place, but if I just turn the phone around for a second, um, this is Waimara <laughs> Villa 5105. It's on 0.49 of an acre, uh, four bed, five bath, 7,900 square feet under roof. Obviously, as you've seen, very contemporary design. Um, so that's one example of what would be a mid-range villa. Uh, interesting here, of course, is that you're on the South Shore, so you're not on a beach, but because you're part of Waimara, you can access the hotel and Grace Bay on the North Shore. So that's a different model as a low-density luxury villa development versus I have Impulse Beach Estate as a single-family home with 21,000 square feet, 1.3 acres, 125 linear feet of Grace Bay beach frontage at 15 million. So there's, there's a range in the luxury market there. It really just depends if you want to be paying monthly strata fees or HOA uh, and have all the services and amenities that you would expect to the hotel, but be controlled by a resort manager versus something like Impulse where you're controlling your own density, you're, you're, you're spending a lot more, but you can build your own website, you can do VRBO, you can do Airbnb, you can hire your property manager, you can decide who your staff and services are, and you can control your destiny on that basis and not be governed by other owners. That's condo or condo hotel. Are, are the fees, HOA fees high like they are in, you know, in, in Miami or the US in general? Yeah, most of the upper level condo hotels here, $15 a square foot up to $19 a square foot inclusive insurance. So you're looking, you know, anywhere from thirty-five to fifty thousand dollars a year divided by twelve gives you your monthly payment. It just flexes depending on the brand and the property and where it is. Um, but obviously, in the current climate, that's quite a big overhead. If obviously we're not generating the tourism traffic, versus not being in a in a development like that and having your own home, obviously all you've got then is power, water, utilities, etc., um, and hopefully some good Airbnb traffic because. Obviously, what I'm saying and seeing is that people want to still come here. They just want to be isolated when they come here. So the villa model is perfect for that. And, and I think uh, something I think that's very important. I mean, obviously, there's the lifestyle and lifestyle has become a very important component in people's decision, you know, where they want to live. Uh, and it's similar here in Miami, South Florida. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's a growing city. Uh, there's a lot of things that change, but people come here for lifestyle and Caribbean as well. But I think yeah. the view, where you're at, if you can show it again, the view, just have any price. And I think if you look, if you have, the, the, if you're lucky to see this view every day, I think I mean, you're, you're, it changes your life. Yeah, I, I, again, you know, if you're going to be shut down anywhere for three to six months, I'd want to be waking up today every morning. Um, you know, I, I appreciate and obviously have traveled to, you know, Miami, Los Angeles, New York. I understand the values, et cetera, et cetera. But again, given the choice, I know where I would be. So, so Ian, thank you very much for joining this uh, BT Talks and giving us an insight on who you are, the Caribbean and Turks and Caicos market, showing us this beautiful view and uh, a little bit of this property. And uh, hopefully next time I will be flying to Turks and Caicos and we can do a BT Talks in one of your listings. That, or that is a date, my friend. That is a date. We will have you here. We'll, we'll get you in Impulse, Waimara, wherever it would be, and we'll sit here and we'll do this for an hour it's quite happily. Not too far. It's not too far, so. it's, it's a job to shut me up once I start. So greatly appreciate the, uh, the honor of uh, being invited. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ian. Have a great day. 
and we will Take stay care. in touch. And anybody who doesn't know Ian, please follow him on Instagram. And all you know, real estate needs or advice on you know having a second property, even a primary property in Turks and Caicos or the Caribbean. Ian is your man, so feel free to reach out to him. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.